1: Welcome back to the Locked On podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir?
0: Uh, not much. It's Tuesday. We uh, got questions day. Questions day is always my favorite, uh, except when people are writing in to complain about my loud breathing over the uh, commercials. So uh, I will do my best thanks, to Tony. hold my breath, guys. Thank you so much for your yeah, understanding.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Tony. That, was, that made my <laughs> night last night. Um, <laughs> all right, later, let's get into these questions. A lot of Micah Parsons questions and a lot of really good ones. I want to start with this one from Ryan. How does Michael Parsons compare with other first round linebackers, such as Rolando McClain, Luke Keekly, Devin White, and we can even throw Isaiah Simmons in there. Does do you think he is at least I mean, I know all those guys are play a little differently, but do you think he's in the same tier talent level as those guys?
0: He's a different he's a different kind of player, right? I mean, that's the interesting thing is that, you know, despite what we had been saying previously, like, you know, that he would probably be more of a blitzer than a pass rusher. I mean, it sounds like they're lining him up at, at at Leo and having him rush the passer from a defensive end spot. So, I I think you know when you compare him to someone like, you know, Rolando McLean. R- R- I mean, R- Rolando McLean was a two hundred and almost seventy pound middle yeah. linebacker, and, and yeah. really he was just a middle linebacker. I mean, I'm not not just a little middle linebacker because he was very good, but, but that's where he played. That's, yeah, yeah, that's all. That's the only spot you were going to really line him up in, right? And that and that he would. You know, essentially run that role very, very well. You're not trying to move him around to maximize uh, any kind of you know other aspects of his game that that may have value. He's basically is you know what you are looking for in a in a kind of a full time Mike linebacker. I think That's with Parsons, point. it's like. He's a guy that you feel like can be just a kind of a headache for offensive coordinators, right? Like you, you can blitz him, uh, you can, you can actually, like we, like we, we've heard they're doing, stand him up as a defensive end and have him rush the passer. Uh, And and when you do stuff like that, you can put him on the field. He can suddenly, you know, be in that position and then drop from that position. He can do a lot of different things. So uh, it kind of is just a a. He's more of a chess piece to keep offensive coordinators guessing. Uh, and to kind of keep you know the pre-snap reads for quarterbacks a, a a little bit confusing, whereas you know some of these guys like I mean I think Devin White's maybe a little bit closer of a player to to Micah Parsons than like a Rolando McLean and you know McLean's you know your classic old school maybe the last of the kind of classic old school 260 pound middle linebackers who could do everything that you would ask a middle linebacker in a Tampa two defense to do while at 260 plus pounds.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think Devin White's a, a good comp, but he's just bigger than that, right? And yeah. truthfully, the, the comp that I keep coming back to is – I mean, just last year, Kenneth Murray, I thought was a very similar player, right? 6'3", 240 pounds, super fast straight line. I just think – I think Parsons is a better athlete, right? I think he's yeah. got maybe a little bit better feel. Both players maybe a little bit inexperienced in traditional drop back coverage stuff, but I feel like, Murray, or excuse me, I think Parsons is on that like tier of players, and maybe he's at the very top, right? And maybe Kenneth Murray is like the middle comp, and I'm trying to think who who would be on like the low comp like that.
0: Well, I, I think Kenneth Murray is is a good. I think you add K- Kenneth Murray plus pass rush skills, and yes. that's what that's what Parsons is, is you take Kenneth Murray and then you add a pass rush a pass rush element to his game, and that's probably a pretty good comp of what you're getting.
1: Yeah, again, I think the, like the low end for Parsons, the very very low ends, like Alec Ogletree, right? Somebody like that, six yeah. three, two hundred and forty pounds, it's athletic, but maybe not the most natural in coverage. Again, I don't expect him to be. I don't expect him to be Alex Ogletree because that would be nope. that would that would be pretty uh, disappointing. I think he's going to be, be very much bad. much better. Uh, no. Next question that kind of ties into that, Landon. Uh, this one's from Matt <laughs> Marcus. Would your opinion of Micah Parsons change if he won the Defensive Rookie of the Year? Does does that change your opinion on the linebacker positional value? Uh, do you want me to answer this one first?
0: Well, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll defend Marcus here a little bit in saying that hardware isn't exactly a, a good way to kind of measure the value of an overall position. Right. Like, I mean, these, these things are voted by people, by sports writers, uh, you know, who may not all have the same sense of positional value relative to team building. Right. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with the, the 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 argument that that Marcus is about to make but I do think that Marcus has uh, has g- good points and and I certainly am not against it uh, but I think but but I think it's 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 unfair to it's unfair to just because somebody won an award that is handed out by votes yeah, that yeah. It, it makes, it doesn't really mark against your, you know, very logic based, you know, fact-based well, but,
1: here, but here's the thing. If Parsons does play at that level and he is somebody who let's say is five sacks and a few forced fumbles and he's just an yeah. impact player right away, then absolutely. That changes my opinion of the pick, right? Like if you're, if you're getting a top five linebacker from day one, At pick number 12, okay, that's a lot easier to stomach. The problem is, Landon, um, the hit rate sometimes on linebackers drafted inside the top 20 isn't always great, and sometimes it takes these guys a while to kind of get used to the NFL. I think about Roquan Smith, right? Mm -hmm. I think Roquan was maybe the best linebacker prospect to come out in a while, and he really struggled the first two years of his career. Now he's starting to get into the swing of things, and now the Bears have to decide, okay, do we pick up his fifth-year option and do we pay him? My problem with linebackers in general is I feel like you can find those guys day two, day three, and the difference in production from, let's say, a Roquan Smith to a Fred Warner that you get on day two isn't all that different. Um, But again, if Parsons plays really well and he's a a defensive rookie of the year, it's going to be hard to argue against it. It's just when you're comparing that against other positions such as like a left tackle in Rashawn Slater or a pass rusher in – whoever, Jalen Phillips, that's where it gets a little hairy.
0: Yeah. I I think the, you know, the crux of the argument is how much do you value elite players at the linebacker and running back position, right? Because there is no argument that the middle class uh, to, you know, really the below average class to above average to very good class of linebackers and running backs are probably all the same. Yes, or they're very yes. close to the point where it's negligible. I where where my disagreement happens is I think that there is a tier of these players that if you have one, it it adds value more than any other running back or linebacker could. And and I think that Parsons could fall in there because uh, through a loophole because because he adds pass rush ability because he and that adds more value than a normal uh, linebacker even just a, even a linebacker mm-hmm. that you blitz a lot right so uh, I think that the crux of the argument is you know hey Marcus are you gonna like this guy if he does well I think Marcus will like this guy if he yes. does well he's yes, a Cowboys fan yeah uh, I, I think the question is that might be
1: news to people
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I may be breaking news today uh, I think the question is more you know is there a point where linebacker play can provide the kind of value that uh, we are suggesting or that, uh, you know, some people are suggesting uh, doesn't exist with, with linebacker play in general. When you, when you talk about it again, from a team building point of view,
1: I do think Micah is a unique linebacker because I think if he hits the ceiling and he becomes what everybody is saying that he is, I almost think he's a little bit of a unicorn, right? Because we yeah. don't have many linebackers that can that can play in space and blitz like him. So I think his value, again, if he hits the ceiling would be significantly more than your traditional off the ball, middle or weak side linebacker. And that's what does give me a little bit of hope for this pick. I mean, not hope. That's the way to sound. It makes me a little bit more excited about this pick than, yeah a traditional linebacker. So, uh I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Built Bar builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, you guys know about Built Built Bars, they're real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives. Again, promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. And go to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We've got the NBA playing games starting tonight. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, Uh let's answer this question from Tucker. How confident do you feel about the Cowboys secondary going into the 2021 season?
0: Well, it's hard to feel confident right now because I don't know what the what the Cowboys secondary is for the sure. 2021 season. Um, you know, I I feel I feel good about Diggs. You know, I feel good that uh <laughs> I, I feel good that, <laughs> yeah, I feel good about the season he had last year for a rookie. I thought that was uh impressive. He had some ups and downs. There's no way around it. Uh, but he was involved and he was, uh, you know, there and he was uh, he wasn't getting, uh, you know, absolutely mossed every single play, even his bad games. Yeah. Like, let's say against like Terry McLaren, like he had, a, I feel like probably one of his worst games there. Uh, he, you know, he he was he was. He was there. He was in the position to make the play, and it just didn't happen for him at times. Uh, so I, I think that he's gonna take a big leap year two. I think you know he's definitely has mm-hmm. the kind of attitude and 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 uh, work ethic to kind of really keep pushing him again another benefit of having an all, all, all basically an all pro wide receiver as a brother i'm assuming yeah. is that you get a lot of work in the off season so um yeah i i think with with digs i feel good i i i think it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of that shakes out i mean we, i would like to see joseph and some of these guys before kind of giving a heat check on exactly where, where these guys are and as far as safety goes i mean i think there's candidates there but we don't really know exactly what that's going to look like i mean i, I is donovan wilson going to be one of these starters is it kazee is neil playing safety uh yeah. more often than linebacker these are all things we don't know and, and you know is there going to be a, an outside contender is uh is he uh um, uh, Muka, Muka Muka, Muka, Mukamu yeah. Yeah. I always say, I want to say, yeah. I always say, want to say Mukamara, right? Izzy. So Izzy. <laughs> Izzy. Uh, there you go. Uh, is he, is he, is, is he going to make a play? It sounds like he was uh, impressing a little bit early on. I mean, super early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, let's see. Let's, I mean, I think there's still, there's, there's still a lot to be seen before we can feel confident, especially with so many rookies that we've barely even seen.
1: I think where the Cowboys could get better at cornerback is by small improvement at certain spots. So for example, Landon, Anthony Brown, I think is a good slot corner. Now last year, he had a down year, but it's important to put a little bit of context in it. He got hurt after week one, he broke his rib, he missed some time and then he really never recovered from that broken rib. Uh, I can't imagine trying to play in the slot with a broken rib all season long. That sounds awful. Uh, So if he, (laughs) if he's healthy, and you feel really good about your slot and you feel really good about Travon Diggs taking the next step. It's not going to be the most flashy and the best secondary in the world, but if you can kind of in- get better at two spots, I think that'll help. I do think Wilson going into his third year, I think Keanu Neal and basically being two years removed from his last injury, playing the strong safety spot. I think that'll help. So, Again, they don't need to be the top five secondary in the world you know in the league to to be a successful defense they just got to be competent and I do think they've done enough to potentially be competent maybe not right away but maybe by the second half of the season when it really matters
0: Well let's also remember too you know I think there's a tendency to think of these units as you know in, in terms of the whole season as opposed to a trend right yes. The, the, the defense was terrible in the middle part of the of the of the Awful. season last year. Awful. As the season went on, a lot of the aspects of the defense got better and better. Not yes. not not good, but 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 improved, right? And and I think that a lot of it had to do with Brown getting a little bit further away from his injuries, Awuzie coming back. I think people mm-hmm. forget that we we were missing twenty four for a large portion of the year last year and rotating in street free agents as our starters at cornerback. Yeah. So just just getting. Talented cover guys in the mix that aren't, you know, people that were on the street as your cornerbacks. That's an improvement, uh, and so you look at. I think you're right. It's it's a, it's about small improvements across the board, right? Trayvon Diggs getting that much be- better. Mm-hmm. Joseph may maybe maybe hopefully being that much more talented than Owusie, right? Uh, 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 Brown feeling healthier and and playing a little bit more. You know, uh, playing better in the slot. Uh, Jordan Lewis potentially uh, not being necessary to play cornerback full time. Maybe now you start to see him play even more of a kind of a free safety corner, uh, a slot nickel role, which I think improves his play. So you're right. It's it's needing to see small improvements across the board because again, like and and I this is kind of we've harped on this before, but I really think with the defensive backfield, it's about having what's the weakest length in your group, right? And and a lot like offensive line. So if there's improvement across the board, uh, that's going to be a force multiplier. And I think it's going to make your pass defense improve as well. And then last thing I'll just say, guys like Micah Parson, Randy Gregory getting a full offseason, you know, hopefully, you get some more juice out of Osa. You get some more juice out of uh, Hill. You get some more juice out of yep. Gallimore. Yep. The pass, the increase in the pass rush, the better pass rush, especially interior, is going to help these guys because they're not going to have to cover as long.
1: All right. Next question comes from Josh. Name a surprise veteran cut from training camp this year, as you think. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a name, Landon. Again, okay. we've been talking about penny pinching for a while. Oh. Um, what about Ty I think he's a phenomenal swing tackle. But if the Cowboys feel decent about where Josh Ball is and maybe they feel good about where Terrence Steele is after an offseason working with Duke Mannyweather, they could save a little bit of money, uh, over like, $1.2 million by cutting Ty Nischke if they feel comfortable with the rest of the guys on the roster. Would that one surprise you?
0: Yeah. <sighs> I, I think it would surprise me simply because after what we went through last year, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I, I, I they obviously, obviously felt the need to, to, to secure that spot. So, I mean, I guess if they felt really confident, maybe after training camp,
1: well, they asked would, for a surprise like, cut, not a likely cut.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that would definitely would be a surprising cut. I will, yeah. I will concur on that. Yeah. Um, I know you've been saying Cedric Wilson for a while. I, I know that's one that you've been putting out there. No, I, not so. I, I think Noah Brown more likely than Cedric okay. Wilson. Okay. Just because, and I, I would agree. Because I think Brown is more uh, special teams re- reliant on his roster spot, and that's probably easier to replace. But I don't know that that's necessarily a surprise, right? What about Keanu Neal? What about okay, if they? I, I looked at that one
1: actually. Um, I looked okay. at it today because somebody suggested that they would actually take on a one million dollar cap hit by doing that. They wouldn't actually really? save any money, so it doesn't that's really make a lot not. of sense so to do. Probably,
0: that. Not. I, I would not be surprised. Like if I don't know, you know, similarly, Kazee. If you know, if if those kind of numbers that worked out, any one of these guys that has a a, a deal that's easy to get out of a. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, out Watkins, I don't know what his uh, what his number is if he got cut, but any of these guys that they just signed, one point three million, you can save. Yeah, I mean, I think you know any of these guys that you that you can save money that are e- e- even if we think that they may be valuable rotational pieces, uh, they, they may they may feel like they need the money more, you know, and that they that the difference in in the play is not uh, so severe between like let's say. Uh, uh, you know, Golson and mm-hmm. uh, Watkins or something like that. You know, they, they may view that or, or Armstrong, maybe not Armstrong. Cause he's still on a rookie deal, but well,
1: well, that's, that's funny they mentioned that mentioned up because he's one of the ones I circled. So here's, here's three guys that the Cowboys could cut. They would each save them about a million dollars. Uh, oh, okay. Dar- Darian Thompson.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a surprise I, I okay. They should cut him right now. <laughs> uh, Maurice Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy. Uh, I don't know if it's I – I don't know if it would be surprising, but I think it's surprising that they would cut a veteran corner because they don't have a lot of you know talent there. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I actually could see that.
1: And then Dorrance Armstrong, you can get out of his deal by saving a million dollars. Now, the problem with Dorrance is how many other defensive ends under the roster do you trust? But maybe if they like Terrell Basham and maybe they want to hold on to Bradley and I and maybe they really like Chauncey Golston as that fourth defensive end, Maybe you could justify, it. and maybe maybe the move wouldn't be to release Dorrance Armstrong. Maybe it would be to trade him for a conditional pick to somebody else because he's played so much and he's on a rookie deal. But at a million dollars, is there really that big of a difference between him and Chauncey Golston? I don't know.
0: Probably, and and if there is, how much of a difference will the will there be by the end of the season? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, 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 any one of these guys. I mean, that's if you guys are looking for cuts. Look where the money savings can be the most and the the talent drop-off will be the least. That's that's the spot.
1: All right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about rock auto. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, we've got two questions left. This one comes from Cam. What kind of developmental jump do you guys believe that both Donovan Wilson and Neville Gallimore will make in Dan Quinn's defensive scheme? Do you believe that those or that this scheme uh, will help out Wilson and
0: Gallimore? Um, I think I think Wilson will get some help for sure. Um, Just because I think that might more clearly define his role, and it might uh, help him play better to his strengths. Um, by kind of giving him defined back end or upfront roles. Uh, You know, I think he was a pretty good split safety player too when 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 you saw him in like two or two man or whatever. Gallimore, you know, it's interesting. Like I, I think the question is how much do they plan on using him as a two gap player? like because like, you know there's obviously going to be some two gapping mixed into a lot of this and and they've you know signed several players who are clearly kind of two gap specialists to a large degree um but gallimore you know is a guy who probably is at his best one gapping getting upfield i agree uh, and he has some experience kind of two gapping i mean that that frog stance stuff that they do in OU is a little yeah. bit like that yep. but I don't know that that's – I mean I think if anything, the tape kind of showed you that maybe that's not necessarily what he does best. So if I'm the Cowboys, I am just continuing to tell Gallimore to focus on getting upfield and being a a disruptor and a penetrator. Um, What about Tristan Hill? Yeah, Tristan Hill to me, we you know we haven't really talked about him very much, but he's to me the most fascinating of all these guys, like because that. he he really showed you, and despite what PFF may tell you, I thought he really showed you a lot of really interesting things last year that that really kind of rewet my appetite for him. Yeah, um, and I think that he has kind of requisite power to To do a little bit of two gapping stuff, if you wanted him to in the middle, um, if he could kind of get his uh, core strength, you know, a little bit up for, in the offseason, Which I, I'm just really fascinated in general to see what Tristan Gallimore and and uh, <laughs> what Tristan, Tristan Hill and Melvin Gallimore, yeah. Gallimore have done in in the offseason season. Because uh, <clears throat> you know, with Osa coming in with all these defensive linemen coming in, I still think that those two guys are the guys that you're hoping for improved and are going to earn those starting spots because they've had some experience now and they both have kind of athletic traits that you really like to see, uh, you know, used in the middle of that defense.
1: I'm, I'm really curious to see how this rotation works out at defensive yeah. tackle because I, I feel like you have three, three techniques, right. With Gallimore, Tristan Hill and Osa, who are, we're going to talk about tomorrow on our, uh, our rookie mini camp review. Um, and then you've got Brett Urban as the one technique. And then our, our six-round guy from Kentucky, Bohana, right? And, Bohana. And
0: Watkins, Watkins, I think, could probably play both, right? Don't you think he could play the I one just, and the
1: three? Are we counting on Carlos Watkins? Because I, I, whenever I've been doing my 53-man
0: roster prediction,
1: I, I seem like I always leave him off.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he sticks if Golson doesn't get drafted. But at the same time, like – Watkins kind of plays a role that only, you know, maybe Urban or, or Hill maybe yeah. can could, could play, yeah. right? Like I think that – and that's the other interesting thing is is that how much, you know, uh, nose technique are they going to use? How much zero? Are they mostly going to be a one gap – a one shade? You know, if that's the case, you can play guys like Hill and – and uh, and uh, urban inside and play another one, but I mean, if you're actually going to use some zero, is is Bohana the only guy you can do there? That's why I think this is very fascinating because I, I think. To me, it feels like I, at first I thought that they were trying to build towards something specific, but now I, I tend to think that they are collecting, uh, like you know, like like uh, you hear Josh Norris talk about basketball teams for their wide receiver yeah, yeah, groups, right? Yeah. that's what I feel like they're doing with the defensive line. They're getting a collection of different types of skill sets, figuring out who's the best skill wise and then fitting the techniques around what those guys do well. And as long as you get an assortment of these guys, that it will fit, right? So it will be really interesting to see exactly how guys like Watkins who have kind of a unique body type and role on this defensive line if they make the team or not.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do a uh, our start of our positional previews in the next couple of weeks, and when we get to the defensive tackle spot, that's gonna be a really fun one to do yeah. a deep dive on because man, there's a there's a lot of guys and a lot of different skill sets there. Uh, last question, Landon. This one's from Laura McCool. Is Dune gonna be released in theaters and HBO Max or just theaters?
0: I, I think I think Laura may have gotten her questions uh, mixed. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't work at Warner Brothers anymore, so I don't. I don't. I have no insight here. I'm gonna go ahead and say, in theaters probably. Okay, I, I I'm know. excited because Hans Zimmer
1: doing the uh, doing the music for the show for the movie.
0: It's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic book, too. So, I mean, I'm really excited about that, too.
1: Thanks for your question, Laura. Let's try to keep it to the Cowboys next time. <laughs> uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to follow our YouTube uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCool BCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.